You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On WBB and make sure that you follow High Post Hoops for your 24 7 guide to women's basketball news, features, and everything you need to know about the sport. Uh, And I'm here with someone who you definitely need to know about uh, in terms of the sport. I'm sure you do already, and that's Joyner Holmes from University of Texas. Joyner, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you for having me. So the place I'd love to start is if you could take me to where basketball as a love of yours was born. I know you have a history of it. I know your father played in college. Uh, But what are your earliest memories of the sport and falling in love with it? Um, I think one of my earliest memories would be I played in the intramural league when I was like five or six, and it was with boys and girls, and I think I just started dominating from there, so I just took it on like the sport itself, and I was like, I really love this. Well, at the age, I really liked it. I couldn't say I loved it until now, but I really enjoyed it, and um, I mean, I dominated both ends of the floor and with playing with boys, so I felt like uh, that was probably the sport that I needed to take on at an early age and just keep running with it. When when you were growing up, were, were you tall for your age typically? Um, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to the, the the school that I went to, the preschool and stuff that I went to, was me and another girl. I don't know if you know her, but her name's Sierra Johnson, and we've been knowing each other since we were like four. She's at sure. Texas A&M right now. Mm-hmm. And so we were normally the tallest girls out of everywhere who went. That that's quite a preschool. I did 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 the preschool have a basketball team? That would have been uh, no. It was just no. no. <laughs> that's too bad. It's a missed opportunity. So yes. so you're growing up with the game, and you know it's interesting. You talk about dominating your both ends, and that's obviously something really significant uh, that we've seen in your game throughout your time at Texas. So a number that stood out to me, and I, I like to go beyond even just what I'm seeing in the game uh, and, and take a look at the numbers within as well, is you have a steal rate of 3.5%. Uh, that dovetails with what I've seen of your ability to get into passing lanes and be even more disruptive this year on the defensive end. Can you take me through sort of what your evolution has been like defensively uh, within Karen Aston's system? Um, coming here to Texas, I knew that Coach Ashton was very big on defense. And in my high school days, like, my coaches were really big on defense. So that was – it wasn't much of an adjustment to me. It was just um, a different, I guess, setting that I would be playing in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know just being here, we pride ourselves in playing defense because that leads us to our offense majority <clears> of the time. And so, I mean – over my three years being here, I've just tried to focus on different things. I think rebounding is a constant for me in every game and every aspect. I know that if I can't get to my jump shot, if I can't get to layups around the rim or anything like that, I know that my rebounding has to be intact in order for me to perform well. And so I think that this year I've just been trying to help my guards more and more. Like we mix up our defenses quite often. And so when I can't get in the passing lane or when I can't get a steal off the guard, I just think that I'm just hopping out there and trying to get it and just not just taking my chances kind of. Um, but being smart about it as well and I think my teammates help me um, they're always there for me and they always know that if I do something wrong they always have my back or help side or anything like that so I think just our defense here is what prides us to play offense and so without that we wouldn't be able to play our offense as well as we do. I mean, you you really mix the two so well, and you you are this two-way player, I think, in in a way that not only lends itself, I think, to Texas, but when you think about 
the next level as well into the WNBA. And, and I guess I wonder whether you've seen yourself as an eventual WNBA player and whether you've tried to pattern your game after anyone uh, through the years that way. Um, well, yes, uh, first and foremost, yes, I do want to see myself playing at the next level in the WNBA. Um, for your second question, um, I really fell in love with Kobe Bryant at a young age. Um, my dad loved him, and just watching him growing up and everything, I really fell in love with Kobe Bryant, just his mindset and just how his work ethic and how people talked about him. And he talked so bad about him, but at the end of the day, there was always something good that they would say about just the person he is and the dog mindset that he has. And although people didn't like him, he came to play at every, every game. And I think just also meeting Tina Thompson as my assistant coach for two years, I think um, just watching her film and listening to all the nuggets that she gave me over the years and still to this day, I think um, just trying to wrap my mind around those two people and follow after what they did in for the era of basketball that they played in. And, um, I mean, more so for Coach Sheena because she's a female athlete and I'm a female as well, a black athlete. And just everything that she's given me so far and just continually keeping in touch with her and talking to her about things and knowing that she's always going to be there for me, I think um, just having her here for two years was a great experience. See, now that's really interesting to me, the the combination of Kobe and Tina. You're talking about uh, a guard and a post player. And, you know, yeah. that mixture is very much present in your game. Now, Debbie Antonelli, the great Debbie Antonelli, uh, compared your force of will just through the paint and being able to get to the spots you need to get to, uh, to LeBron James as well. And so mm -hmm. the, those are, you know, all a different, a different mix, a different breed of basketball player than we've typically seen before. Uh, you know, the combination of strength and skill, I think, is interesting and new in that way. So I guess I wonder when you think of defining yourself, do you think in terms of positions? You know, how do you how do you sort of say, all right, all right this is the Joyner Holmes that I want to be on the basketball court? Um, I think defining myself, I would go for a power forward, a stretch forward, mm -hmm. um, depending on. Like uh, I guess my first year here, I didn't really know what I was. I mean, I was just playing off of pure talent and hmm. athleticism, and so I think over my years of being here, I'm trying to like truly, truly find myself before my time is up here. And I think just um, being able to stretch the defense out, I know before I got hurt I was in a really good mindset and a really good state. And now I'm trying to work my way back in constantly, consistently, every day, every game, and just continuing to make better habits than I have been making since I've been, well, since I've been off of my injury. Mm -hmm. And so I think just continually staying in the gym and stuff and just continue to work on my craft, I know that it'll come and I can't just continue to force it. I have to create the right habits and do the right things in practice for it to show up in the game. But I would say stretch four. And so being a stretch four, obviously, you know, especially at the W level, but also uh, in the way Karen plays, that, you know, the three-pointer is such a key part of that. Do you view that as sort of your next evolution to be a consistent shooter from beyond the arc? Yes, I do. Um, before, I, like like I said in the last question, before I got injured, I was kind of shooting it really consistent, I mean, throughout mm -hmm. our open gyms and our practices and stuff. And, I mean, now that I've, like, come off injury and stuff, I'm trying to, like, focus on the things that will get me going in games instead of, like, my outside shooting because that will come. Once I get touches around the basket and I can move back to the 15-foot jumper and then sort of work my way back to the three-point line. So just constantly just keeping my head on straight and trying to continue to get in the gym and keep shooting them because I know eventually they'll come.
I mean, Lord help the defense when when they have to go all the way out on you on shooting that three-pointer, uh, especially as your mobility continues to uh, evolve. Do you feel like you're at 100% uh, on that? I mean, coming back from an ankle injury is obviously a difficult thing, but does it feel to you like you're moving the way you did, or you feel like you're sort of on a path to getting there? Um, I'm, I'm going to say 80, 85. Hmm. I mean, um, it's still really sore some days and it gets really swollen after some days, but I think just talking to coach and stuff and watching my film, watching film with my coaching staff, um, I think it's just the things that I'm doing in practice and the habits that I'm creating. I need to create better habits throughout practice because it's not like I can just turn it off and on. And I think it's just having a base with myself, um, just being able to come off two feet on everything I do. Um, I am sort of, when I'm in the game, it's, it, you can tell, like, when I watch film on myself, I'm always kicking my right leg out, and I, I don't feel like I trust my ankle enough, but throughout the game, like, it'll come. Like, I'll mm-hmm. forget about it, and, it'll, and I'll just be like, okay, you can just play now, you know. So, I mean, just starting off, it's really, like, it's really tempting, and it's really scary, honestly. But, I mean, just after a while, after going through five, ten minutes of the game, I'm like, okay, you can trust yourself. Like, you can trust it. It's okay. Just, so. a, matter, just a matter of reps, in other words. Yeah. Yeah. That no, that makes sense. So let me ask you this: from a point of podcast host privilege, uh, it is a, a great joy to watch you out on the court, I and mean, just with the very the varied things that you do. And so I, I have to imagine that there's a significant amount of joy you get from being on the floor as well. And so obviously, mm-hmm. with the the frustrations, the difficulties you've had uh, being off the floor for an extended period of time. Uh, I believe for the first time, you know, in your career, how do you manage that? How do you just emotionally manage being off the court for the extended period of time? And, you know, what what were you sort of able to take away from that? Um, One of my key takeaways that I took away from sitting on the sideline this semester, um, just this part, is, I mean, just every day is not promising. You can't take anything for granted. Mm -hmm. And just like... It's within a blink of an eye, basketball can be taken away from you. So every time you step on the court, you have to know that, like, this can, this is a job, and it can be taken away from you at any moment. And, I mean, just getting back out there, I just knew I had to take full advantage of my opportunity. I see LaShawn sitting out every day, and I know she wants to be out there, and I felt the same way a couple months ago. And so I think it's just, like, knowing that I know sometimes it gets tiring, and I know sometimes it's like it stays that you don't want to be here, but you have to understand, like, there's other people that are working just as hard or harder than you to be out there and do the things that you do better than you and so I think that was one of the key takeaways I took away from just being out and I know that God has a plan for my life and I know that he didn't put these setbacks in my life for no reason and so I mean just thinking about that I mean that was one of my hardest things about being out it was just like okay I like literally I sat out for six months my sophomore year and then came back and then I come back and I work myself back into shape work Mm -hmm. myself back into the person that I want to be and then it's like boom I break my ankle like and it's and it's it's hard for you not to question god like why why did this happen to me why did this happen to me but if you i mean i just took on my spiritual life and i took that into account and i just talked to god and i mean i know he was there for me and i know he didn't do that for any for no reason and so i think that was one of the things that i counted on just going to god and also talking to ariel i mean ariel had the same kind of injury when she was here and mm-hmm. she sat out for a while so just talking to her and kind of getting her insight on things was really helpful Seeing Ariel and the way she approached the game, uh, both at the college level and then being able to see the way it translated right away uh, to the pro game, do you think that mattered not just for you but even for the Texas program as a whole, for you know, some of the under players to understand, all right, if we put in the time like that, that's where we can get to? 
Yes. I mean, just watching her every day and talking to her every day, even when she's overseas, I still keep in contact with her. I mean, we attend the same church at home, so we're really close. Hmm. But, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just shows, like, for the work ethic that she has and the person that she is, I mean, who would have knew that she was go she would go top ten? Like, who would have thought? I mean, she didn't even get invited to the draft. And so it's just amazing to see her do that and to be around greatness each and every day and know that, like, you you played with that person, you worked out with that person, you talked to that person constantly like that, and that was her dream, and she finally achieved it, and I'm so happy for her. Oh, but I know it shows that, like, what kind of players Texas develops. It really does show that. She was such a difference maker, especially in the WNBA playoffs, for sure. I, as far as faith goes, when you think about the pathway ahead, and, and it is a promising one, but of course it's a challenging one, to be able to play professionally means... Uh, you know, a lot of travel and playing overseas for a significant portion of your year. Do you think that being able to be closer to your faith is a, is a helpful way, you know, almost a helpful companion, the way I've heard a lot of players speak about it uh, as you're taking this journey that is in so many ways going to be uh, arduous and, and in many ways by yourself? Um, I really do think so, for sure, for sure. I mean, um, my parents can only go so far. I mean, they don't come to many games. When they do get a chance to, they come to them. But, I mean, my parents are working, so I always sure. I know that I can count on God like I have God there. Hmm. I can also, I mean, my church streams live, so I watch, I try to watch every Sunday when we're not practicing and stuff like that. But, I mean, just staying in God's presence and, like, just being just knowing that God is there for you, I think that helps you a lot because I know, like, when things happen, like I said, we question, like, why? Why me? Why did this happen? But I know that things don't happen for don't happen for a reason, and I think everything, like, every setback that I've had, I've always, like, taken into account, like, okay, what can I do to fix myself? What can I do to fix this? And I think when I had, when I got suspended, although for the wrong reasons, I think that I actually, like, took away something really good from that. Like, there was a setback for me, and it was like, um, it was almost like, it was good for me to be away from basketball. Like I enjoy, I didn't quite enjoy being away from my teammates or mm -hmm. school, but like I enjoyed the the place where I was and the state of mind that I was at. And I feel like it it matured me a lot. I mean, I was working with people way out of my age group, and I mean, I just built relationships that last me a lifetime. Like I still to this day talk to my coworkers and stuff. And I think it just showed me a piece of the real world. You know, like a lot of us in college, we I can tell my teammates today. Like my teammates are always like, "Oh my God, I don't want a job," and I'm like, "I." I Believe me, you don't want a job <laughs> because I was doing that every day. Like, I was waking up at 6.30 in the morning, being there at 7.15, working till maybe 6, maybe 5. So, I mean, I've had a taste of the real world. I have. I really have. And just seeing, like, what my parents do on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't know quite if I wanted to do that or not. And I talked right. to my dad about it, and he was just like, I mean, people get up and do this every single day, and you're mm -hmm. only doing it for six months. So you see how what basketball brings to your life and what, like, what doors it can open. And I just think I should just stay strong on my journey, um, just trusting in God, like I said, and just knowing that every setback that I have is – for something greater, I, I, I really do truly believe that. And right. I truly believe that if I stay the course right now, um, I know some days I get frustrated with myself, but I truly believe if I stay the course right now, I'll, I'll overcome everything that's come my way. And what and what job were you doing? What what, what was the job for that six-month period? Um, I was in a loan office for people that had been hit with a hurricane, mm. and I was in the HR office, so I was an HR specialist. And I just did a lot of, like, Running through the office, I mean, making spreadsheets, um, talking to people at the front, helping people at the front desk, just a bunch of stuff that you would do in the HR office. So it, sure. it gave me a different mindset and a different outlook on life, definitely. A reset. And, and, and so 
for your for your parents as well, um, who are doing this every day. Um, you know, was was there a conversation about, you know, look, this is the opportunity here before you, and and you know, these are sort of two paths, and I, I just wonder whether that conversation went that way, and whether you thought of it that way. Yeah, I mean, my dad and my mom, they have two different, two totally different jobs. Um, mm. My mom enjoys her, she loves her job. My dad loves his job, too. Um, what do they do? But I think it, my mom is a pharmaceutical rep mm-hmm. and a part-time real estate agent, and my dad is the uh, manager of a distribution center. Oh, very nice. But, um, I mean, we talked about it. I talked more so about it with my dad than my mom. She was, she's really busy during his time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just telling me, I mean, like, he gets up every day and he goes and works out and then he goes to his job and he's just like, I mean, people literally do this. And I was I was coming home and I was so tired because I would, like, go to work at 7 mm-hmm. and get off around 5 or 6 and then go work out for 2 hours and then come home and just do it all over again. And it's just like, I mean, he tells me, he would tell me every day, like, people do this every day. Is this what you want to do every day? And I'm like, I enjoy this. I really do. But it's not something I want to do every day. And, I mean, that's when I kind of thought heavy about everything. And I was just like, basketball is what I really want to do every day. Like, I'd rather have a job playing something that I enjoy rather than doing something I enjoy for six months. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I want to do something else. So I think just finding something that you really love and enjoy is what you want to do in life rather than what what's just set there for you and it's, it's open i'd rather just play basketball than work a job definitely that is if, if if it's something you enjoy then it won't feel like work even though mm-hmm. i know you're putting yeah. in so much time and energy <laughs> to it as well so no it's it's yeah. fantastic advice so i want to talk about karen a little bit because i thought something that was interesting you know to go through what you went through uh, and to have that opportunity on the other side and to stick with Texas and to stick with Karen, what that, what's that relationship been like? And, you know, take me through just sort of how you've come to think of her both then and now. Um, I think coming here, um, I know all players will probably say this, like you have a really good relationship over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, coming here, I mean, since you're not able to have physical contact before coming here when you're still in high school. So I think we had a really good relationship over the phone. Um, that built itself. And then I think coming here, I was, I don't know, in high school, I talked to my coaches a lot because, I mean, I haven't talked to them since I was in the seventh grade because they were like, oh, you got to come here, blah, blah. So I think when I got here, I talked to her a little bit, but not a lot. Like, um, I think that's normal for all freshmen. I mean, you're kind of scared and you're kind of like, oh, I just want to find where I fit in at and blah, blah, and sure. with my teammates and what's my role here. And so I don't think you're really taking into account, like, your relationship with your coach off the court. I think more so on the court. But I think as the years have evolved, and especially since I went through my suspension, I think a lot of things have changed. And for the for the better, I think um, we've gotten so much closer, and I can text her at any point in time or call her phone or talk, go to her office and talk to her. Um, I don't think my freshman year I would have done that at all. And I think, I mean, just like when I was out for my six-month suspension, I mean, she was always there. Like we talked at least once a week, maybe twice, every week. And so, I mean, it was just a matter of like thinking, like my dad would always tell me like, it's just a matter of you like knowing that she really cares because I mean if it was I don't know if it was anybody else she might have given she might have gave up I don't I honestly don't know but I'm just like she didn't give up on me and she didn't oh go find another school or I'm not going to talk to you anymore this that and the other like it was she was always there she was a constant 
person in my ear always telling me like, okay, we do a countdown together or we do a devotional every week together and just different stuff to keep my mind off of just being away from the team and being away from her, especially. And just keeping me in a loop with everything that was going on and just continuously talking to my teammates and stuff like that. But I think our relationship is really built over the years. Um, I think it's gotten a lot stronger, especially after my injury and stuff. I talked to her a lot and just kept me in a loop with what was going on, like offensively, defensively, and what I needed to work on when I came back. And so I think just building a relationship with her has really helped me over the years because um, I wasn't really much of a talker when I first got here. But, I mean, um, also my relationship with Coach Tina, I talked to her a lot, and so that was helpful because Karen does have a lot on her plate, mm-hmm. a lot. Of it. It's a bunch of us, it's 13 of us, so she has a lot going on. But, I mean, just the the fact that she can take the time out and actually talk to you and actually have one-on-one conversations just shows just the person in her and the person that she is. Yeah, it, it, that is the least surprising uh, Karen story I've heard, but um, very much very much in keeping with how she does things, to be sure. And so I guess the flip side of that is that you guys have had a fair amount of adversity, obviously, uh, losing LaShawn early on, um, other injuries before the year even started, yourself included. You're sitting here, though, at 14-3 and three, uh, in position uh, to potentially do things like host a top-four seed, uh, and uh, have the kind of season that has come to be expected uh, at Texas. Mm-hmm. And I just I wonder whether you think that that is simply the team paying her back in return, that in the same way that she doesn't seem to give up on anyone, uh, that you guys uh, have that faith and are able to sort of return it uh, in kind, and whether you think that is playing a part in why you have been so effective, especially, by the way, at the defensive end of the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Yeah, I, I, do, I do think that plays a part in it. I know we see every, each and every day we come to the gym, we see LaShawn sitting out, and it just hurts our hearts because it's like um, we know her goal and her expectation and what she wanted to do this year, and she wants to leave and go to the draft. And so I think it's just a matter of, like, finding your why and finding why you play. And I think a lot of us took on the, the role of playing for LaShawn this year and or playing for whoever. And, I mean, our coach puts a lot of effort and time into us, and so I think it's a matter of giving back to her as well. But also just showing that, like, I mean, she really does care about us and she really um, puts forth a lot of time and effort into us. And I think um, just showing her, like, all the things that we put time and work and effort into practice. I know every day we go in the film room and she's like, the coaches have done so much. And I just think that just taking an account of what everyone else on this team does for us, not just ourselves, like our managers and our assistant coaches and our dobos and everything like that. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a very hardworking group that we have. And I think just repaying them in every aspect we can. What does success for you look like this year? When you sort of, when you look back, Come April, what does success look like for you when you think about your season this season? Um, I think first and foremost, um, just getting back to the player that I know I can be. Um, I think that's really been really heavy on my heart and on my mind lately. Um, Some days I don't feel like I'm helping my team as much as I can, and so just trying to do that, I think – that especially for one, and also just I want to get a Big 12 championship before I leave here. And um, just taking it one game at a time, I know we say that a lot, but it's really true. I mean, the last game we had, we totally just blew it, and we could have won that game. And so it's just 
I mean, consistently just keeping your mind focused and knowing that every night is a battle, and especially in the Big 12, and just knowing that you have to come prepare for every every single team because nobody's going to take you lightly, especially with us being Texas. It's like we have a target on our back at all times of whoever we play. And so I think um, just getting, like I said, get back to the player that I know I can be and continue to help my team in every aspect. If I'm not scoring, just make sure I'm doing something on the defensive end. And if I can't do anything, just finding myself and trying to get in every play that I can to help my team win. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure to watch that process, and I know it will only continue. <laughs> last, last one before I let you go, I'd read that you are interested in a sports broadcasting career on the other yeah. side uh, of school. Uh, do you think we should expect you uh, on air in the near future? A- Asia Wilson was able to make that transition. She actually <laughs> debuted last night, uh, you know, right after her rookie year in the WNBA. Do you have your eye mm-hmm. on anything quite yet? Yeah, I do. Um, I hope to try to do an internship along her network before I graduate here. So hopefully that'll be on my schedule next semester. Um, And then hopefully I'll get some other people to reach out and figure out what I actually want to do within sports broadcasting, whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I am looking forward to doing that. Well, I DVR your games that you play, so I look forward to also DVR in the Longhorn Network games uh, that you broadcast as well. The multi-talented Joyner Holmes. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.